All right, guys, about that time. Chris Brooks here with you. Another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast. Part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. Hope you guys are having a good day, a Wednesday, hump day edition of the show. A lot to get to today here on what is National Pecan Cookie Day. There you go. There's your national day for today. It's also New York Day. Never been to New York. Look, and I know I'm in the minority here. I know a lot of you like to do things. I'm not really so much into doing things. I, I think some of that is age. Yeah, I'm getting older. I like going to my kids' games. There's nothing wrong with that. I like going to my kids' ball games. I do like watching games on the TV now. I'm not one of these that just, I don't have to do everything in person. And some of that is also, I have been spoiled. I know, well, maybe I'm thinking out loud here. We have to get into Tulsa, and I also want to do a breakdown of who the best player in Mississippi is this year on a high school level. And we might do some college level later in the week, but I want, I would probably wait till the end of the year. But as I get a little bit older, man, I put some value on the big TV and the setup at the house and being able to watch the game with the family and all of that. I'm just, I am not huge on having to be there because I I think I have been a little spoiled, you know, between 13 years doing this now in the media and having the sideline credentials. So I'm down there and taking pictures. I do remember when I first started doing that, like that was a really huge deal. And I guess you shouldn't take it for granted, but to be down there on the field, take pictures, be around the players and, and in the middle of all that, yeah, that's, it's pretty awesome. So I should not take that for granted. But between that and I was fortunate for several years, you know, um, family had a, had a skybox and got spoiled by that a little bit. Probably got spoiled by that a lot. I know my kids did. And now I just, I, I like to, you know, I like to sit at the house, watch the game. Don't have to be in the middle of the crowd. I do like to do it on occasion. I could not do it every week. Couldn't do it every week. Um, I'm, God, I'm not that old. Why am I feeling so old? I'm 46. I'm feeling old today. All right. Now, what do we want to do today for the podcast? A couple of things here. I do want to start with this first. And I think this is a testament to Ole Miss recruiting so far and and identifying players, at least early to date, like they've done a really good job on evaluations. And I don't have just, you know, a ton of connections up there. You know, I'm, I'm kind of funny with that. I like to have the right connections. You know, I don't need to know every coach because with that, you know, comes some pressure. You know, you, you have to try to be able to be objective. And when you have relationships with people, that makes it a little bit hard. But I think I have the I know I have the right connections with the right people. And then I get a lot of info on the high school level, which is really my bread and butter. I, I enjoy that. Like to know those coaches. Hey, got off phone calls this morning with them. And I'm going over who the top players are in the state. And you guys need to know this, that there's a very big difference between recruiting and high school football. Recruiting is a lot of potential. And you can have a player on a high school level that's a great player but he might not necessarily have all the offers. And that goes both ways. You know, Ole Miss could offer a kid in high school, really not a great player yet. 
And I've seen that happen a lot. But this year, the players that they have offered and they're on in, in this 23 class, they are the guys that are killing it and having a good year. And overall, look, they're really doing a good job with the evals. And you can you can give a lot of that credit to the coaches. You know, I think guys like, um, is it Austin Thomas that came in that basically is running that as the GM guy? I, I always want to say Austin Davis. I know that's the quarterback at Southern Miss. Don't know why I do that. Austin Thomas. And what he's been able to do since he got on campus, I think he does a, a first-class job with the evals and has done a good good job with it. Um, Ole Miss bought in someone that I was familiar with already when they um, – I'm drawing a blank here. I cannot believe I'm drawing a blank here. Uh, it'll hit me here in just a minute. It's one of those things you have to kind of think through for a second. Good gosh, maybe I am getting old. Yeah, I'm 46, and now all of a sudden I'm feeling older. i tell you what else I'm noticing. I'm going through my DMs now on Twitter, and I'm noticing how many players I have talked to the last couple of weeks. Um, this is nuts. It's nuts. Man, there's a lot of good players around here. But what Austin Thomas and Kelvin Bolden have been able to do, I think, you give them a lot of the credit for these evals. On a high school level in Mississippi, if you're going to pick a guy, hey, who's the best player? This is what I'm hearing from coaches in addition to what I'm seeing. Sunterine Perkins is the cream of the crop on that list. You know, I was talking to some people this morning, and look, by and large, you know, the stuff you hear about that kid is, is glowing on the football field and off of it. You know, that's you can't have enough of those guys. I may have heard somebody this morning say, like, that, hey, that guy could go to Alabama next year and start. Like, he is that kind of athlete. Aiden Williams is doing that for Ridgeland. And I think wherever he ends up, hopefully he sticks with Ole Miss and that all is how that works out. But I just say it like that to say wherever he went, I think that's a kid that goes in and he contributes. He's ready. Look, another one that I would put on here, is undecided right now, and that's Isaac Smith. Heard the same stuff about him the last few days. And on a high school level, you put up his numbers and look what he's done. Four games, he's rushed for 640, but look, he's averaging 18 yards a carry. 18 yards a carry. 10 touchdowns in the four games. He has 200 yards receiving. So you just threw another 50 yards a game just in receiving, and then you look at his tackles, and he's among the team leaders in tackles with 32. Oh, he has four interceptions. I mean, his his numbers are nuts. And NFL is already being associated with his name a lot. So wherever Isaac ends up, that's a cream of the crop. Dante Dowdell, his name comes up a lot. And everybody gushes over him. He'll have a huge year, same season he had last year, basically, which is not hard to do because he, I mean, which isn't easy to do because he ran for 2,500 last year. Look, the other kid I'd put in this five, is Bray Hubbard down at Ocean Springs. I hear more good things about him, and I've seen him. I know Ole Miss didn't offer. State offered him as a wideout. Alabama wants him as a safety. I do agree with, you know, overwhelmingly what Ole Miss has done with the evaluation. doesn't mean I have to always agree with everybody. Bray Hubbard is somebody I'd take. 
he hasn't had the huge statistical season, but he's he's one of the few players, if not the only player, on a six A level that I've had a chance to see this year, where he just he elevated everybody. It's hard to do that at that level of competition because there's so many good players out there. But he does that. And I absolutely can see why Nick Saban would like him in their secondary. I think that's one you look back on years down the road and you missed on it. Uh, But if you ask me who my guys would be, those would be my five. And look, the numbers on all of them are crazy. You know, Sunterine's averaging about 13 yards a carry right now in his four games among the team leaders and tackles, sacks, you know, all of those things, you know, Aiden, the same thing. Um, He'll probably be, if not the leader in receiving yards at the end of the year in Mississippi, he'll be up there, but he's having another monster year. He's on pace for in five, a 13, 14, 1500 yards and maybe 32 to like, like that's the pace 30 touchdowns is the pace he's on. He has eight. I mean, he has eight. That's crazy at that level. Five-way football is big, big boy football. Almost 600 yards in the four games, eight touchdowns. That's just, that's nuts. And he's playing both ways when they need him. All right, now a little bit on Tulsa. Those are the five guys, if you ask me, hey, do who do I hear most about? Those are the five that come up a lot. Not the only ones, not the exclusive list, but those are five big ones. Now, back to Tulsa. It dawned on me last night when my kid comes in here and mentioned something about Malik Heath, and there was a hashtag tra- uh, tracking with Malik Heath in relation to the Tulsa game. I forgot, and I hope my kid got this right, or I'm going to butcher this. Tulsa was Mississippi State's bowl opponent last year when Heath did the kick thing. So for some reason, that I, that has escaped my mind, but that was all over social media. So you got a little revenge game here for Tulsa. Want to come in here and get some of that, I guess. Man, I forgot about that. And look, I want to give Malik a lot of credit. I have not spoken to him in in several years. You know, did some in high school. He's done everything right. And look, this is my kid coming in here who follows him on social media. And you know how high school kids are. They, They eat all this up. He's done everything right since he's been there. He's been a good player on the field. He's been a good teammate off the field. Um, I don't think people could be happier with what they've gotten out of Malik Heath. And this being a last year, you know, the NFL opportunity is right there. So if he can have a big year and then follow up on that afterwards, you know what? He'd have a chance. Um, But yeah, Tulsa's coming in here and that was the game from last year. Now, what do I expect in the game? Look, you would expect Ole Miss to get another blowout. I think Tulsa's about like Troy. Not like Central Arkansas. Not like Georgia Tech. I think it'll be like Troy. Where you feel like you're overwhelmingly the favorite, but you can't screw around. You know, with Troy a little in the second half, they they didn't exactly have their foot on the pedal. And, you know, they hung around a little bit. And, and the game's not ever in question. It was a three-score game. But Tulsa's the kind of team that, plus you couple with the fact of how well they throw the football, they're 2-1 and one right now. And in FPI, they're 88 for whatever that's worth. Look, and Ole Miss right now is seven. So this is not a Tulsa team they're going to play that just doesn't have anything. Um, Their quarterback has thrown for a ton of yards. 
I think 400 yards plus per game so far. So they have that. The line is still three touchdowns for a reason. So I'm expecting, even if Ole Miss had a letdown, like a 40 to 24 maybe. And look, if they were going to have a letdown, this is not a bad week. Kentucky is on the horizon. Next week is, next week, I don't want to say it like that, Chris. Back that up. I was about to say next week is the season. That's stupid. Why do you say stupid things on a podcast? That's not a good idea. But you understand where I'm headed with that. Kentucky is huge because that's a swing game. And not only is it a swing game, it is a a winnable game against now a top 10 team. You know, Alabama, you just, you hardly ever have a shot when you go up against those guys. The only game on the schedule I think is like that. Every other game is at least winnable. Though you're not the favorite, it's winnable. But this is a top 10 opponent, very winnable. And you get them at home. So that's for next week. We'll knock that out. But if players are already kind of looking ahead to that and they're reading the press clippings and how great they are and all of that, this would be one of those years And if mentally you come out not prepared against a team that can throw it around the yard like Tulsa can, yeah, you can screw around and find yourself in a ballgame. I don't think that's going to happen. I expect they'll come out and play well, end it early. Uh, I think the defense is too good. You know, talking about places where you can finally hang your hat and win a game, I think the defense is finally in a place they can win games. And look, when I mentioned that on the board yesterday about the rush defense, I'm not discounting it by saying consider the competition. But you have to mention the competition when you haven't played anybody yet. And look, Ole Miss is not the only school to not play a tough schedule to start. A lot of schools do that. And some years they you know come right out of the gate and they play a big opponent. You know, this wasn't one of those years where they did that. And like I said, they're not the only one, but you, you mention it when you look at the numbers just for context. But I do think that defense is going to look good when they play better competition. And Kentucky will give them that chance in two weeks. But Tulsa gives them a chance to go out and dominate. And if you're going to be the kind of defense that we hope they are, and they've been thus far, this Saturday is a day you have to look like that. You're better. You're physically dominant. As long as you're mentally prepared, ready to play a game, the defense should dominate that game. And it's been a while since you could say that about an Ole Miss defense. I don't know how many years. you got to go back a long way. I mean, it's been a long time. But their defense can win a game when the offense just, you know, has a day. And they don't show up. Man, but the more I talk about Kentucky, though, I am looking forward to next week. But stay in this week. Got to get through this week. I gave you the five high school players I hear by far the most about right now. Not exhaustive list, but those are the five kids. I take every one of them. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Always appreciate y'all listening to the Rebels 247 podcast. This is Chris Brooks with 247 Sports and Inside the Rebels. Y'all have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.